Hi everyone! Welcome back to Window Chats with Robin, the Instagram live podcast where I sit by my window and chat with very interesting people. Today we have Daryl Hogan, no relation to Hulk Hogan, at least not to my awareness. Oh, that was so funny in my head. I'm excited. Daryl is very passionate about all things voiceover, so this should be fun. And now is the fun time where I just kind of sit back, chill, let Instagram know that I started the live. I get to talk to myself for a bit, which is always fun. Oh, I see. Hi, Kev. And yeah, this should this is probably the most awkward part because it kind of goes, will it work? Won't it work? For all of you who have never seen an Instagram live before, if you write any comments, there is a bit of a delay. So I do see your comments. Sometimes I forget what we were talking about because there was a delay, but I do appreciate all the comments. Thank you for watching. And for those of you that aren't watching and are watching it after the fact, that's also totally fine. Uh, yeah, for those of you that aren't watching at all, this isn't a relevant thing to say. So this isn't being addressed to you. My God, I haven't had to make small talk like this in a while to myself. Instagram lives are fascinating. I'm going to try and invite Daryl in. Now the question is, will it work? I hope so. Let's find, oh, uh, da, da. Uh, here he goes. And I'm going to send it. Okay, Daryl, I, I have a good feeling. I think it's going to work. Oh, Lindsay too. Look at this all cage casting. You guys are awesome. Uh, okay, I sent it. I'll try again. I'm going to uh, going to try again. Or I don't have to. Good morning. Good morning. I guess, How's it okay. going? We're good. You joined. Your red mic matches my chair. Look at that coordination. Indeed it does. Indeed it does. It's also How not you the mic you're using. I'm good. Thanks for doing this. <laughs> hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Give yeah, me a reason I'm... to goo my hair and throw on a collared shirt. Well, actually, your hair isn't. It's pretty good. Do you just Thanks. do it yourself? I actually, yeah, I just gooed it. I had my, uh, I had my uh, hat on and I had a colleague say, did you do your hair? I was like, no. And I got a facepalm emoji in response. And I was like, all right. I appreciate the effort. I, I really do. <laughs> Look, I, I did a little hair. But you know what? The thing is with voiceover, it doesn't really matter. Uh, so maybe we could just like cover our face and go. Uh. <laughs> Absolutely, right? I wonder that. I know when I did one with Lindsay, my, it was all grainy for my face. I'm like, it doesn't matter. You can hear the voice. It's fine. It's all that matters, right? But yeah, how are you? How are you doing? How's life? Life's good. Uh, you know, I've uh, I've been in a really, really great place for the most part over the last couple of years. Uh, well, the world's been going to hell in a handbag, so um, that's been interesting. I mean, I, I quit smoking a, a month and a half before the pandemic, so you know that was a, a great trajectory. And you know, I guess part of the battle of not letting anything uh, get in the way of that uh, has been successful and has been like my, my positive thing throughout. So, you know, so I can't I'm so complain. Proud of you. That's really hard. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, a, a pack a day since the age of 11, you know, Whoa. I, I can't say I don't think about it every hour of every day, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good to be able to be past that. And, I think they say, yeah. I can't remember the time frame, but it might be 10 years. And if you go 10 years without smoking, then it's like you never smoke. <laughs> Something along those lines where the uh, regeneration of like lung tissue and cleaning out, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm just trying to focus on, uh, I'm just, uh, you know, keep it, not buying I know, isn't one day at a time a lot better than 10 years? Dear God, where am I 10 years from now? Uh, totally. My, my mom quit smoking, I think, when she was 30. And it's funny, I remember having a, I had one of those Kodak uh, disposable cameras and she was finishing her cigarette at the grocery store in the parking lot and I took a photo of her. I remember she yelled at me. 
right? You know, and I still have that photo. It's funny because it's kind of blurry because, you know, I moved out of the way because she came to close the door of the van. And I was like, uh-oh, is she, she going to knock the camera out of my hand? So it's kind of comical. Classic. It's literally a Kodak moment. There you go. <laughs> totally zing. <laughs> I haven't said that in so long. And I think the younger people have no idea what I'm talking about. So there you go. No, exa exactly. Exactly. You know, that's a funny thing, too. Like, you know, I showed my kids um, um, iRobot with Will Smith, 2004. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's an old and, one. Uh, it, it is an old one, but, you know, it takes place in the future. And part of the reason why I did that was because, like, uh, uh, for Christmas, uh, we got my daughter, Veronica, a new alarm clock. And it's a, it's a Google alarm clock made by Lenovo. So it's, hey, Google, set my alarm for 630, right? You know, with the voice assistant. So I thought, you know, how's this for, uh, you know, the whole AI, Android assistant thing, you know, for, uh, for, for a story. And, I mean, they loved it. It's a great movie. But, but it's kind that. of like, you know, pretty soon we'll be manufacturing things uh, that will be doing your chores, right? It's insane. Well, here's the thing too. I'm actually, uh, I'm in a production and I'm voicing this house that kind, oh, yeah. that's, so that kind of house that can do everything. Uh, I'm not going to ruin the plot, but it's when, you know, when technology, it doesn't work the way you want it to. And you go, oh, classic iRobot situation, dear God. So I, I don't know, I get scared. How much is the technology? What are they listening to? Uh, and then, you know, I do, I, I guarantee after we finish this, I'm going to get like cigarette ads or something like that. Absolutely. I, I was talking about something the other day and, uh, and it popped up. I guess the biggest problem is, you know, I already purchased that purse for my girlfriend. So stop bombarding me with more ads. Like They the just think done. you want another one. Like you like oh. this one? There's, it's in red. I'm like, well, uh, uh, okay. I or, or you know, the volume of uh, the volume of private browsing you have to do around Valentine's Day, birthdays, and and Christmas, right? Because it's kind of like, you know, who's this jewelry for? It's like, well, you well, there you go, ruined your Christmas present, right? You know what I mean? So, you know, I've, I've had to be be careful on, on that, right? Or sometimes what you can do is, well, at least this is what I'm thinking I'm going to do. Get like a put a really expensive gift, all these really pricey items. So they think you're going to buy it and then they get you a really nice gift. And then, Oh, here's a pencil. Right. And then, Oh, <laughs> that's funny. I mean, we, we did, uh, we were at the point where we found the largest box we had in the garage to uh, tape a couple of bills inside of for my daughter for her birthday. And we just thought that'd be, you know, way too mean. Like, I mean, she, she just turned 11. So it was one of those things where it was like, this might be like slightly like heartbreaking. Yeah. She's also a little out to lunch in that sense where she probably wouldn't look on the inside flap for, you know, for, for, for tape bills. Just like, it's a box. That's the gift. You can fill it with whatever you want. It's artsy. You're welcome. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. Kids are spoiled. So. There you go. Make a force. Uh, it's, yeah, it's crazy. You know, I, I, I feel as though from, you know, from what we, we are used to, to what, you know, they are more accustomed to. It's uh, and, and I mean, you know, my kids are smart too. Like, one of them said, why would I buy one of that with my savings when I can just ask Santa for it? And I was like, interesting. Mind you, like, you know, you got you to gotta, you gotta share that wealth. Like, Santa's not going to build you. Every I've asked for a car. I never got it, sweetheart. So, you know, and, and that's fine, right? <laughs> so you got to do an age cutoff. After age 12, Santa doesn't care. Totally, right? I mean, like, you know, once, uh, once I lost my tooth, well, many times I lost my tooth, and uh, um, I couldn't sleep. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden, like, I heard the door open, and I was fake sleeping. 
And, uh, you know, I was like, you know, this is probably just the old man turning off the TV in the living room in the other room and like opening our door before he goes up to bed. And, uh, you know, my eyes are closed and I could feel the presence of someone and then I could hear the, uh, um, you know, the sound of change in a pocket. And then I, uh, um, um, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, okay, whatever. I don't know what's happening. Next thing you know, dad leaves. I open my eyes, my tooth's gone and there's a toonie in there. And so I wake up my older brother. Like, you know, holy crap, holy crap, holy crap. Like, that's a tooth fairy, right? Like, and he's three years older than me. He just turned around and looked at me. He's like, you didn't know that, idiot? He just rolled back over, went back to bed. And I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. This, 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 this messed me up for the moment, right? Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad this is a safe space to discuss this story. I'm here for you, Daryl. I feel you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't remember when I stopped realizing it was a thing. I think for the longest time when I would lose my teeth, I would write notes to the tooth fairy. I wanted to keep the teeth. I don't know why. Maybe I wanted to make like a cool necklace. I have no idea. It's bizarre. This was childhood Robin. I was weird. I'm still weird. But I would write, dear tooth fairy, and ask my parents, what should I do? What if the tooth fairy takes my tooth? Do they know what's in my head? But write a note. So I'm writing these notes, handwritten letters, seven-year-old Robin, whatever. And then, I, you know, when you learn that your parents are the tooth fairy, I'm like, why did you make me write the note? <laughs> I don't understand. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Um, well, and I mean, I'm grateful right now that, you know, my kids, they do have TikTok, but they don't have Instagram or Facebook or anything oh. like that. So they're not going to see this, at least for, for a while. But, you know, my son lost his tooth uh, at the playground. So thank goodness for magic, right? Because it's like, oh, don't worry. The tooth fairy will take care of that. They'll find it, you know, just in that pile of mulch off of one of those, like, kind of, uh, you know, spin till you're sick thing. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, it's, 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 it's kind of funny in that regard where, but when I was older, I sorry, when I got older and my mom had the Rubbermaid container of all of this, all of, all of the precious memories that were for her, right? I mean, she gave it to me because it's like, Daryl, get your crap out of our house, right? You know, yes, you that I love point, that face. Right? Right? Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I open up this envelope and it's all my teeth from when I was a baby. And I'm like, this is morbid. This is like, really? And again, like, this wasn't for me. Mom, I don't need this. I don't need my, I don't need my bronzed shoe. You know what I mean? There's so much stuff that, you know, I didn't need, but it was the teeth that were messed up. And uh, I remember talking to my older brother and, uh, um, and he kept his. I was like, dude, man, that's, that, that's weird. And uh, I guess he was talking about like, well, just in case uh, um, um, they could uh, dig in there for stem cells. Or something like that. And I was like, yeah, all right, whatever. Like, you know, you want to hold on to them. It's <laughs> Yeah, well, here's the thing. Okay, what if I die and someone pulls out all my adult teeth? If I carry my baby teeth on me, they can still identify me. I have yes. no idea. I have no idea if that's <laughs> no, it. No, I literally no just thought of that. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> like, just always carrying in my pocket on my phone and my baby teeth. It's like, it's, like your, it's like your ID, right? Yeah, absolutely. Do you have your uh, driver's license? Your baby teeth? Yes, yes, I do. Exactly, exactly. This is compelling. <laughs> this is compelling discussion that we're having here. I don't need to know about anything voice-related. I need to know all about your baby teeth. <laughs> well. That be, can I ask you, though, Daryl? Did absolutely. you intentionally have the KH logo placed in the background so it could be in your frame? Uh, th that is actually just my, my the desktop of my computer. Oh, I was so that impressed. I, thought... I didn't change it over, but... You know, I did. I did pick. Uh, I, I I did pick this space because it's the best lighting. That's oh, all, really. I appreciate that. So, yeah, there was like, no oh, method no. to this madness. Uh, you did your hair. You got some lighting. 
the audio a little I expected better. I really did expect a little better, but. Well, you know, I don't particularly recommend uh, interfaces with mobile devices because quite often they can't power them efficiently. There you go. So this is what so. not to do with Daryl. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I've gotten a lot of compliments on Clubhouse with literally this set of headphones. Someone asked me, what are you using? What kind of mic? What interface? Are you, are you hooked up to an iPad? And I was like, nope. Maybe it's just because they see, they read your resume, they go, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, it must be better. His quality must be better. And it's probably the exact same thing, if not worse than what other people are using. And they go, oh, no, he, he's, he knows what he's doing. You have this confidence. It's like, what is Daryl doing? I need to follow him. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Uh, one of the first demos I recorded was with my talk boy. Um, with me and my former lead singer in, in grade six. You know, the talk boy from Home Alone 2. I got one of those um, for oh the cassette recorders. And, yes. uh, and then when we, got actually, when we got an actual real band and electric instruments, um, you know, one of the live off the floor demos we did was just hitting record on our boom box because the left speaker actually would act as a, as a microphone. So, you know, I mean, even on that note, I've had, um, I've had colleagues of mine submit and um, score, um, you know, music pitches, just recording, um, you know, some, uh, some backing vocals in our hockey dressing room after the game uh, on his phone, right? And what she dropped into his Pro Tools and, and, and put into the mix. So... I remember in one of the chats you were having, oh my gosh, you did so many, I can't recall the exact one. But Do you I ever said, shut up? No, 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 I, <laughs> you have good advice. That's why I brought you. I'm like, just Daryl is smart and passionate. And I love that. But you had said, if you're recording on your phone, to hold it as if you were talking into a phone. Cause I mm -hmm. would record like this. And I thought, oh my God, yes, of course. That's how it's meant to be used. But it was just this obvious thing that you had to say. And I thought, huh. Good to know, in case of an emergency, this is how I record. Hello. Absolutely. I mean, the, the microphones are designed to, uh, uh, to, to capture audio like that on your phone, you know? Uh, it's funny because, I mean, yes, the phone is barely used as a phone these days. Uh, I, I've had no voicemail now for I don't know how long. I have to get on a call with Rogers and say what the heck's going on. And I actually want to say maybe since, uh, um, you know, April 19th, I think it was, where the, the service went out for the day. But I only found that out yesterday. Someone said, you know, I can't leave a voicemail. I was oh. like, what? Well, first of all, like, who calls me aside from those like CRA scams, right? True. You know? So, you know, no one even thinks about that. This, this, this $1,000 computer we carry around in our pocket is actually a phone, should be used as a phone. Unfortunately, when you hold the mic like this, or even if you hold, you know, what your earbud mic up to your mouth, you get a lot of plosives, you get a lot of mouth noise and a lot of wind, and uh, it's going to be botched audio and uh, really hard for the client to hear if you're going to be recording an audition. So, yeah, absolutely. Hold it to your, the side of your head, for sure. Or, you know, just don't use your phone to record things. So, there you go. Yeah, you could, you know, whatever. To me, it, it depends. Like, obviously, you want to put your best foot forward when you're recording auditions, and you want to sound as clean and as clear as possible. I, I always tell people, the moment someone hears something in your audition, and it's not you, they stop listening to you, Right. Um, if they hear, like, if like, you can, I can hear the construction site across the street, but if they hear the beeping of that truck backing up over your audition, you know, not really that big of a deal, but sometimes you're like, oh, what, what's that? What's going on there? Oh, what? And then next thing you know, your read's done. They're on to the next listener. They're on to the next uh, um, potential talent, right? So. How, 
would anyone ever listen to auditions all the way through or is it kind of like you get the feel for it you move on i'm always curious about that auditions absolutely right i mean at least the first take and i say the first take because sometimes they'll ask for uh so, or sometimes they could be submitted on the same track so once the first take is finished right. they will hit stop and i got you know when i uh i was um i was a booth director and engineer at a at an, at an agency for a while and sometimes I would receive an email back saying, thanks, Daryl, these are great. Um, where are their second takes? You know, and, and it was like, they're all on the same track. So I would just say, listen, past the 34 second mark and their second take will, will, will appear. They're there, right? So, but in general, absolutely. Like demos, not necessarily. Demos, you'll get maybe 10, 15 seconds if you're lucky. And uh, then they'll move on to the next. But when it comes to the auditions, absolutely. Right to the well, end. This is interesting, though. So with the two takes, and I mean, this is what I've been doing. I just put it all on one file. Mm -hmm. Is mm -hmm. it better to do two files? I just feel like it's less work if it's one file. I mean, it, it depends. There's uh, certain protocols for different uh, um, different casting requests. No, so Gerald, you're supposed to know every single casting director's request. And <laughs> are you telling me I have to read the instructions for everything? This is a lot of work. You know what? You'd be amazed even when it's written three times how many people don't read the instructions. <laughs> oh, no, I would not be surprised because when I'm doing these things, I'm like, I swear to God, I sent instructions out and I don't understand why people don't read. And I don't know why, I how much more can I condense this? Like, please read, sending this multiple times. So I get it. I do get it. I was going to say, like, you're, you know, you've experienced it. You've, you know, and some, it's funny, you know, sometimes people ask questions. They're like, why are, why are things so repetitive? And it's like, because you have to, and no matter how many times it's bolded, underlined, italicized, you know, still, there's going to be at least one, you know, I that was, misses it. This is one of my favorite stories, because I'm a little bit on Clubhouse these days, quite a bit. And I was, there was this casting director from the States, and she was joining a room I was in. And they, we were asking her, you know, what is the best piece of advice you can give to actors? And she said, read all the instructions. So this one person asked a question, she asked, well, you know, there was this one audition I had and they said, you know, general American accents, but I wanted to use a Southern accent. So should I have done that? <laughs> and he's like, read all the instructions. You know, I, just, it, I love that. But cause it's like, it's so hard cause you're an artist and you have a vision, but that's not what they want. That's not what Kathy wants. That's not what their client wants. So. It's, it's very interesting. That was, a, that was one of the conversations that resonated with me there. Well, and, you know, I, and, and I get it because you are going to find the odd talent that said, you know what? I read the specs and I said, screw it. I'm doing what I want. And they booked the gig, you know, and that's like the, I know. You know, the, the 2% of the time that that happens, right? But at the same time too, I mean, there are performers that are um, sometimes, you know, known for that, doing that constantly. And um, it can be detrimental, you know, because it could be like, well, if we ask, we know they're just going to do what they do. But occasionally, sometimes you have a, a, a producer or a casting that comes around and, you know, they'll know when they hear it and it needs to be a little bit more creative, a little more unconventional. And that's the person you think of, right? See, this is the problem. When you tell me there's at least one person that books something, doing something different, I go, oh, it's got to be me. <laughs> 
And then I make those, but I only do it for my second take sometimes. I go, this is what I'm feeling. This character should be an old woman. Every character in my head should be an old woman. It never works out. <laughs> but I just picture when it's, especially for animation, like a little tiny animal, like it should be an old woman's voice. It's hilarious. Casting would disagree. <laughs> but that is just, you know. I, well, viable options, right? I mean, when it comes to castings and when it comes to auditions and, you know, animation, unless they're asking for a specific, if they want like a C-3PO, then they want a C-3PO. You know what I mean? Like they don't want, uh, hey, well, maybe I'll do like the bear from uh, um, um, the Cleveland show or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, no, they, you know, give them what they want when they're specific. But outside of that, absolutely. And, you know, the second take, that's when, you know, definitely take advantage of it. Give them what they want in the first take. That second take, you know, offer them something that is viable and uh, that would work or that you feel would work or make it work in your performance, right? So that they would consider it. Um, so, and that's, that, that's the cool thing where, you know, you kind of have that option to go there. Commercials, a little bit more sticky, you know? There's research and development behind their ass. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, 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 I've mentioned, and I think I've even mentioned it in, in, in your class, in a class with you before, was, you know, there's specific things that have to be done. And so, you know, even if you look at like, you know, decades of, of, of fragrances and the son of a voice, you know, at the end, shot in black and white with uh, some guy in a white shirt that's undone on the beach. You know, it's kind of like they're all, but it's all the same for the re for a reason, you know, they, they pour so much money into that research and development. So it's kind of like finding, you know, those things. And then as a performer, bringing in that creative to find that balance to make it, uh, you know, viable and, and um, appealing to the ear of the every man, every woman. Absolutely. So. It's uh, the commercials. I love that they brought that up because I had such an interesting moment this weekend where, you know, when they say, give us three takes of a commercial and it's, here's a line or a line or two, whatever it is. <laughs> Dear God, uh, okay, where do I put the intonation? Do I change the speed? Uh, it's, it's just, that is for me is so ridiculously challenging. And it's, I, I don't know, I don't know. And you said you said one line, right? One or two lines, I, yes. that's what it, yeah. So do you remember, uh, you, were, you were in that four week course that I did, Yeah, right? it was great. Yeah, and we had one of those classes was specifically for short scripts. I know, because but of it's course, like I the panic. shorter the <laughs> well, that's just it though. The shorter the script, often the more difficult it is, right? You know, you think less lines and you know a better idea, and it's like no, the you know, so it's a little bit more open ended to what's viable. So you know, absolutely, I like, kind of pick and choose wisely. But again, like as you mentioned, you know, if it, if it says like three takes, ab absolutely, and I think that's why more often than not with shorter scripts, you're allowed more than the two, right? Interesting. So. I don't know. I that was one where I go, oh god, I guess I have to do a class with Daryl again. So that's it. Kind of was fun that I was chatting with <laughs> Shake you. Shake off the like, rest. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, let's let's revisit this because, dear God, that was uh, that was unsuccessful. That, <laughs> I always appreciate the opportunity, but I sent it in. and I'm like, nope, uh, <laughs> not that one. That's but too I always funny. feel bad because. I know someone has to listen to it. I mean, maybe they don't, but I believe at least for the first 10 seconds, someone's listening. I'm like, you know what? Maybe the first bit wasn't bad, but if they get to the second take, they go, it's a little different. But how, like when you say different takes, how different would you expect the different to be? Uh, it depends on, it depends on what would actually be viable for the product. Um, okay. You know, obviously you're not going to, you know, voice a, a, a Nescafe audition 
in a casual tone and then think maybe for your, you know, your takes after that, you're going to go into monster truck voice. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, that's hilarious. It is. That's a right? And it's, and it's, and it's, it's the wrong joke. Yeah, it's it, exactly right. So, um, so you're going to want to kind of, you know, give it some difference, but obviously you don't want to be all the way out in left field. Right now, again, on a third, I mean, right field, whichever. That was a terrible joke. No, I was, uh, I've never, I again, it. I'm saying all these terrible puns that I've never used before. I feel very comfortable. Like, <laughs> oh, right. good. I'm glad. Okay. There you go. Yeah. I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Like, for no, us, people are, 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 are watching us. Oh, my gosh. It's fine. It's like we're just having a conversation and people are listening. It's cool. It's kind of like, are you on your phone or are you on a tablet? I'm on my phone. All right. So this is like, uh, like between two phones. Yeah, exactly. Right. The line is, yeah, classic fern. Right. Uh, <laughs> the mics are the ferns. There you go. Exactly. You know. Yeah. It's, right. it's the between two reds. That's what we're doing. Oh, cool. And now I'm looking at the mic and I'm like, is this where you did the class when uh, I remember the microphone or do you just move the microphone around? Um, I, I, I jump around. I mean, you can only be in one room for so long. Um, That's true. When the time changed, uh, I moved up to my bedroom. I'm, I'm now in my bedroom uh, Ooh, because the windows. Is, I don't know you that right? well, but I feel very close to you right now. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because then I, you know, since I've moved up here for my workspace, I sleep on the couch because I'm here all day and in this room. Separate right? work and home life. There you go. Totally. Right. Um, you know, and it was just to, just to shake it up and literally uh, the windows in here are pretty fantastic. So, you know, with the, with the, the daylight savings time. Um, but as it gets warmer, I will make my way back into the basement where it's nice and cool and comfortable. Okay. Um, so, but, uh, but yeah, it is the same mic though. It is, uh, uh, it just, I, I literally jump around. I actually believe I did one of those classes from my couch just for a change. So I wouldn't be surprised. I was way too nervous to actually really focus on anything other than the red mic. It's terrifying. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm on zoom and I don't know these people, although they were a very nice group of people and you go, uh, okay here i'm gonna do my bit and then it's usually robin slow down uh, i'm like no but i don't want to i can talk really fast isn't that needed no it's not no one can understand what you're saying okay <laughs> well that's just it you know they'll, they'll cut the copy before they speed you up right yeah you know um and well and, and you know that's part of it too even like my approach with these classes you know everyone has to remember that you know everyone might feel oh, very remember. similar you you pause for a second and it was remember that and then it was a pause. Like, it's funny. I put, I, put my, I put my phone on do not disturb. And um, you've been disturbed. A text. Yeah. Uh, uh, a text just came up. Rude. Sorry about that. That's um, what was I saying? Uh, oh, I don't know. Oh, in, 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 the, in, in those classes, you know, the, I, I kind of try to make a point to let myself be the first to embarrass myself before everyone else does. Because then they, you know, they'll feel that it's a, that, it, that it's okay. You know what I mean? I don't remember so. how you embarrassed yourself. <laughs> Most of the time, it's just opening my mouth, right? Oh, okay. But, well, then you're you fine. Know. Okay. Well, it's, it's, it's also funny, too, because I've had, uh, um, you know, performers uh, really get nervous around the animation thing. And, you know, I'm one to say really bring in. Uh, Daryl's having Sorry, some technical difficulties. Not disturbed. It's okay. I'm really curious about, we were discussing animation. Sorry, I'm on I not disturbing calls from my son they're, they're finding you they want you okay um sorry about that yeah you know in, in animation okay. you know sometimes you got to do what you got to do to get into the character right if the character's on the phone you can hold the phone in your head right to make it sound like that or uh um you know whatever uh whatever the um uh case may be 
but sometimes, you know, too, you have to, you have to make the face, right? You know, I used to, I used to, I do this character, like, you know, when I was, when I was, uh, you know, washing my daughter's hair, she's got quite the head of hair. There's lots of tangles and lots of crying, regardless of who would be brushing Bye -bye her hair. Bye-bye tears? Because, what about the shampoo? You know? L'Oreal tears. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, even those, uh, even those uh, detangle brushes aren't, uh, aren't really uh, a thing when it came to her hair anyways. Anyway, so, uh, you know, I do one character. It was, it was my French teacher from elementary school. And, uh, you know, she, uh, um, she had a specific look. And uh, um, so you'd have to kind of make her face. And, you know, she was, uh, um, in order to do the voice, you have to work the face and tilt the head and, you know, make the, make the change to your throat. I mean, it looks stupid as hell, but sometimes that's just what you have to do. I forgot to do the voice. My God, Veronica, have you brushed your hair lately? Why are you crying? I make this so easy for you, but it never seems to happen every time I have a bath. You know what I mean? Uh, and you got to get over that fear, right? You got to get over that because some people, you know, you'll be in a session on the other side of the glass or even in the booth. It could be three or four other people. It's an ensemble. And, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just what you got to do. and you, you have to get over it. I will say I was, uh, I had the pleasure of uh, uh, working multiple times um, with uh, one particular performer, Rob Tinkler. Phenomenal. I've seen this guy in the booth voicing four different characters at the same time. And when I say that, each line, he's changing up. And on one of the characters, he had a horse run up to the side like that and then changed the lines. And it was like, I mean, talk, talk about a master, right? And I mean, obviously, zero care of what he looked like, right? You know, he was just doing what he had to do to perform uh, uh, the voices and make the voices work, right? So, And then shakes uh, your hand afterwards and you go, whoa, I know where that's going. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that, that was back in the day. So, you know, you wouldn't be so, uh, so, so afraid to do so. It, only, uh, um, um, it would only maybe help your immune system back then rather than catch yeah. something. But, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's just amazing, though, some of the things that, you know, these people will do to get uh, to the voice they need uh, to get to, sorry, the, the physical things you need to do in order to get the voice out and consistent. So it's so, it's so, now I'm wondering, was there a time I should have done? I'm like, these are, you can't touch your face. It's your face. Do things to your face. Was oh, that totally. uh, Pat Collins VO? Was this your Fat Tony character? Is that, is there a name for that? Or is this just, you wrote, find your Fat Tony? <laughs> that's hilarious. That's a, that's a bit of a, a bit of an inside joke. Um, no, that, uh, yeah, find my fat Tony. My fat Tony is horrible. Um, that was just, I a, mean, uh, I'm intrigued. <laughs> oh, we, uh, it was, it was just a, a direction that, uh, I gave to kind of get him somewhere, but you know, um, it's kind of, a kind of, uh, that old school kind of gangster. It was actually, I believe I said fat Tony minus, minus the, uh, the Italian to it. So. So it's kind of like minus the dialect, same kind of cadence on his delivery. Oh, interesting. That's what he's referring to. Sometimes yes, you got to say what you, sometimes you got to say whatever you got to say to get the talent to get there. And when I say that, you know, I've had, um, you know, one booth I was working in didn't have a double door. So uh, you could kind of hear a little bit of the bleed through the door. And uh, after I finished directing a, um, um, one client's audition, the next client came in and they came into the read like a bat out of hell. And I was like, interesting. Why the hell did you take that approach? And so I heard you tell that guy over the top. And it was like, I had to tell that guy over the top to get him to a moderate place, right? You know, the, 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 the lingo is different for everyone, right? So, That's so interesting. You know.
So yeah, sometimes try not, I mean, it's hard to not try and compare yourself to others, especially in that situation, but. Absolutely, uh, right? And, 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 you know, my approach when it, when it came to uh, um, auditioning in the booth at, when I was working at, a, at uh, the talent agency, it was, you know, let's hear your interpretation first and then, you know, mold you from there. So it was, all, it was always like, uh, um, you know, here's the spec, here's the rundown. Now let's take your take and, and then we'll get it, right? So, so that's why, again, came in like a bat out of hell because, you know, his, his take was obviously uh, um, influenced by, you know, the, the direction that was bleeding through the door. That's, I mean, it's good advice to know. Just be your, trust your instincts, do your first take. And I mean, I say that I would never do that. I would list, I would do exactly what that person did. I mean, like, yes. Okay. Even more over the top, Brahman. All right. Dear God, what am I pulling from? I don't know. And then, yeah, it would have been, it would have been fun. It would have been terrible. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, sometimes like, uh, uh, you know, I've had performers where I, you know, I have red light syndrome. So uh, when uh, back before I had kids, uh, I played in the band, toured the country, all that fun stuff. And, um, you know, cutting, cutting records was fun. Um, I was the engineer and producer most of the time. And, uh, you know, I would teach the guys how to just kind of hit stop and record while I was in the booth. But, you know, I was really only good for like 16 bars top. And that was it. And then I would flub, you know. So it was kind of like I could, I could sit there. I could, I could play the songs with, you know, my hands tied behind my back, right? But then once I hit no, record. I don't understand that saying. You could not. <laughs> I disagree with that saying very much so. But you yeah, can maybe right. take me up on that challenge one day. But, uh, I am no. intrigued, but I, no, I don't believe that one at all. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of comical because, you know, I'd get to about bar 16 every time and it just flub. Right. So, and there's a lot of performers out there. As soon as you say, you know, recording, whenever you're ready, they can't get through the script. Although they were nailing it in their cold reads, you know, and sometimes I would have to just say, Hey, you know, uh, just spit out one more cold, cold read. Right. Just so that you're comfortable. And then we'll, you know, we'll do it again. And sometimes I'd have to use that cold read, you know, as their, as their take. And, do you record the cold reads? Would you? I, it depended on the talent. Right. Mm. So, and then like, you know, working with them to be like, here's what we got. Here's what we're submitting. And okay, great. Just remember. And it was all, you know, with, with, with the talent that that happened with, it was, you know, it was a very small, small few and um, they worked all the time. You know, that was so the interesting I'm, thing. Right. I'm really intrigued by this. When you were with the talent agent, you would, if the talent got an audition, they would come to wherever you were doing your thing and you would help them with their audition. That is, do they still do that? Or how does, like, could I save money on coaching? Is this? Well, I mean, like, you know, what that, is that's, this? Okay. that's just it. Like some agencies will have like a, a studio on location and a booth director, um, either full-time or contract for castings when they come in. Um, and that's just it too. I mean, even with this whole COVID thing and, and, and the, uh, um, the home studio uh, deal, you know, you want to, as a performer, you're contracted for the voice, right? So you should be focused on the voice and not have to worry about the technical aspect of it. And, you know, these agencies that have studios like on location, um, you know, they, yeah, they, they offer it. it. It's hard. I mean, a lot of people would ask for coaching from me when I was there, but I was too busy doing castings and everything else, you know, to, to squeeze in uh, enough to meet the demand 
but I mean, it would happen and, and, you know, it would work, but, um, but yeah, I mean, like it was definitely, uh, definitely, definitely a thing because then, you know, performers don't have to worry about the recording and making it sound good or even that their setups a okay. Right. So this timing is terrible. My entire weekend was spent editing. Oh my God. Uh, I got, I mean, look, you learn, you have to, but it just took long. Like I would have, uh, would have been good if I could uh, find someone else, but it makes you stronger as a performer or whatever other things you're supposed to say. I, I, well, you know, you know. it gives you an amazing appreciation for editing because, oh. and it also, okay, I will say the positive is the takes that I never think I'm going to like are always the ones I go with. So as a performer, that has been really helpful because I, if I wasn't editing it, I would have thought, eh, those are bad. They're not going to use mm. that. I go, oh, no, those were the good ones. Dear God, why? So that, that's been the helpful component. Well, absolutely. You know, what, what, what you could feel in your gut and hear in the moment, you know, when you play it back, sometimes isn't, isn't exactly the same, right? And then those ones where you're like, I'm glad I didn't discard those, you know, can be your hero sometimes, right? Yeah, so. that's always lovely. You go, and oh, when, it, but when, when it comes to editing, too, I mean, like, some performers have actually expressed to me that it's helped their delivery, right? Because, you know, they've, they've really put their reads under the microscope. And when it, when they say that they talk about like their breathing, uh, their breathing methods, where to take pauses and, and how long, right. Mm -hmm. You know, they would express to me, you know, that I saw like the, the breaths I, were, I was taking out and they were, you know, way longer than, than need be for, you know, the amount of uh, a copy I would have to say after the fact, and then sure enough, um, you know, they, were, they, they adjusted that in their real-time reads and uh, uh, improved their cadence and their timing, right? And that was all thanks to them learning the editing process. The timing is so interesting, especially with commercials. When, again, Fast Talker Robin, uh, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I did a 30-second one in 15 seconds. Awesome. That's not what they want. So it's, it's very <laughs> interesting to know, okay where you can put the breaths in or take the breaths out. So yeah, mm. valuable. There you go. There's a positive to having to edit it yourself. I totally. Like it. And, but even at the same time too, like, uh, you know, someone constantly I'm asked about, you know, fixing things in post. And, you know, I want to say that more often than not, you know, trying to grab the timing organically is your best bet. Right. And then in post, they can uh, 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 figure that out if need be. Um, so, and even if that's a matter of giving it more space in between the lines, right. Um, you know, a lot of people that have worked with me have heard me say that, you know, I can take one read and I can put, you know, um, two, uh, different tempos of music underneath it and they can sound faster or slower without touching the read at all. Right. So, um, you know, that has something to say too, with, uh, um, what you're submitting. And, you know, if anyone, you know, if, I don't know how you did it with your editing, but, um, how, uh, how did you find, like, were you removing breaths and all that fun stuff? I was. Uh, okay. If it was really noticeable. If okay. it was smart. Yeah. If, it, if I could hear it, I go, oh, no, thank you. Uh, mm. And then I would listen to it a couple different ways. And I'm like, mm, no, okay. And that's no. Otherwise, yes, you have to breathe, but mm. not when it's <sighs> like, no. Okay. Absolutely. Unless, it, unless it's a gasp. If they want to hear an audible gasp, I'm not going to cut totally, that. Totally. Yeah. Well, I guess like, you know, one of the reasons why I bring it up is because, um, you know, sometimes the breath actually adds context to the pace, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, 
you know, some people will say, I remove the breath, and then it sounds like just this big, long, awkward pause, right? And I always have this rule of thumb when it comes to editing dialogue. Um, you know, um, you can silence the breath or remove the breath and then close it at least 50%, right? And that's just a good, like, marker. And then from there, you might have to add a little bit more of a space or even tighten it up a little bit more, depending on what's being said, depending on the rhythm and cadence of it all, right? But that's just like a, gen uh, a general go-to on, on my rule of thumb uh, when editing. Because again, otherwise, I mean, obviously if you close the gap, then it's just gonna sound like you're motoring through and you, you'll actually hear the edits. But if you leave it open, you're kind of like, what's, what's happening, right? You know, so it's context, it's, yeah. right? So. This is, I when you watch, I mean, at least when your kids were younger, would you notice, like even a kid show, would you hear like an editor's work or would you hear do you only focus on the voices when you're watching things? I don't, I don't know why I specifically chose kids shows. It could be anything. I like to listen to commercials and go, huh, choices were made. Like that? Question that. Uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's interesting because there's so much we don't know behind the scenes. And I of don't course. really hear, uh, I don't, professionally, I, everything's really clean and, 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 and where it's supposed to be. I don't hear anything in particular. I will say one of the coolest experiences I had was a, uh, um, when I started in this business in high school co-op, when I was 16 at uh, Deschamps Recording Studios, they had a 5.1 um, uh, uh, mixing uh, surround sound theater. And uh, on a slow day, we put on, I think it, it was Bugs, Bugs or Ants maybe, that Pixar there animated There is Ants thing. or Bugs Life. I can't remember. I think it was Bugs Life. It was okay. Bugs Life. Okay, that was a good one. And the cool thing was that uh, they had the audio option of just hearing like the sound effects in Foley only. Oh, so cool. there was no dialogue, no music, and just the, of all the, you know, of the different feet of the insects and, um, you know, the, 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 the vegetation being walked on, you know, bending over when, you know, uh, 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 an insect gets to the top of like a piece of grass, you know, it was really, really, really cool stuff. So uh, that was one of the biggest things that stuck out to me when it came to like uh, Foley and sound design. Um, the dialogue I've always found is to be so clean, right? Like, you know, it, it's, and, you know, I, I've, I've, I've really come across anything that, you know, made me think there's things on the radio that have sounded questionable where I hear words and I'm like, wait a second, did they say that? How did that get approved? And I would bring it up to colleagues in the business and they're like, really? And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, take a listen next time it comes on, right? And it's like, you know, next thing I know, I get a phone call. I just read that spot, you're, you're bang on. I'm like, did they not say that? And how did that pass uh, approval, right? You know what I mean? It sounded like words that you would, you know, uh, uh, that, that, that you'd never hear on the air or, or uh, you know, that would be banned, right? So sometimes it comes down to compression, right? So, but yeah, I mean, it's very, very uh, rare that such a thing comes up or that no, I actually hear something. So. I just know. assume you're just because you're listening to it all the time and you just develop such an ear for things that it's just always on. You can't shut off your ears. The problem with that is actually myself. I drive myself batshit crazy over things that no one hears because my ears are so tuned. Literally, I've had like uh, uh, people like over my shoulder, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, you don't hear that. And sometimes I'll zoom in. Right. You know, you can go to, uh, uh, you know, waveform editing and you can switch to like spectrograph, which is, uh, you know, gives it a, a different look. And you might not see it on the waveform, but there it is on the spectrum. It's almost like an infrared kind of image of the of the dialogue. And it's like, so you won't see it in the waveform, but it's like, there it is. See, I'm not crazy. 
I'm hearing it and there it is like actual in, in, in the image. But it's, uh, and it's just a thing with myself. Sometimes it's detrimental because I'll spend half an hour on, again, removing something that not everyone's hearing. Or if I'm vetting a sound, right, of someone's space, right? It's kind of like, you know, how does this sound to you? This sounds good. This sounds good. This sounds good. And I'm saying the family, this is horrible, right? <laughs> I can hear so much that, you know, so it's also finding that, mm -hmm. uh, finding that, uh, that balance as well. You know, a lot of performers, they'll line their uh, home studio uh, space with like Oralex foam, right? So it's just kind of that eggshell foam. And I mean, sure, it, it, it helps absorb reflections, right? I mean, reflections is that echo you hear off hard surfaces, but you know, it doesn't necessarily have like say an NRC rating, which is a acoustic rating that will give a value of how well it absorbs the sound. So even though that is a treated space, it can still sound a little hollow, right? And the performer's like, well, my, my space is treated with all this stuff and it should be no problem. But it's like, no, 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 you can hear it. And, then, and when that happens quite often is when I have to throw it off, of, I throw it over to colleagues saying, hey, do you hear anything in this or is it fine, right? So, you know, that's when I try not to drive myself crazy when everyone else is saying it's more than fine yet I'm hearing that little bit extra. I mean, I appreciate it. You were the first person that was honest with me, like, Robin, your sound quality is terrible. I'm like, thank you. Because <laughs> I'm doing them. Like, I don't want to send out terrible auditions or whatever. So I was grateful for that honesty. And I, again, I like the sensitive ear because what if someone also has your sensitive ear or at least in that realm? So if you can hear it or if it's like it only slightly bothers, bothers you, then, uh, then I'm okay, yeah. Oh, totally. And, you know, thanks. I'm, I, well, I'm glad, you know, you were able to get out of that because I've had a lot of performers tell me, I mean, first of all, the garage band thing. Okay. The garage. Oh, I band stopped thing. using garage band like that. You were very helpful with that. And well, but you know, as you know, the built-in echo and reverb, right. That's, that is applied to it uh, upon export. And you know, you're not going to hear that through laptop speakers, but as soon as you throw a pair of headphones on, you know, it sounds like what you're hearing is in an echo chamber. And a lot of performers will be like, I've been sending these auditions to my agents for years and they haven't said a thing, but again, you, you plan through, you plan through your speakers on your laptop. It's not going to be, it's not, you're not going to really be able to, to detect it again. As soon as you throw yeah. headphones on, then it's like, what the hell? So that the headphones was a game changer because again, I used to only listen through my speakers and then I listened through headphones and go, what? And that's, that was so interesting. I mean, yes, I, I don't know all the science and audio science, whatever, but there is a difference in the sound quality. And I, I thought that was such great advice. I'm like, oh, okay. Do not send anything I listen through on the speakers. Always listen to the headphones. Totally, right? And, and that, that's the thing too. I mean, even with, with, the, whole, uh, um, with the whole phone, um, you know, that was, a, a, you know, I have to credit actually Kim for that to the side of the ear that relayed that information during a, uh, um, uh, uh, a staff meeting we had. And, and I was like, well, yeah, because it's, it's a phone, right? She's like, and none of us, no one thought of that, right? You know what I mean? It wasn't such a common thing because yes, people will submit their audio without even listening to it. Because again, you get those, those, those botched recordings of auditions on your phone into it like this or into it like this. And you know, all the wind implosive is like, wow, you really didn't listen to this before you sent it because otherwise you would have redone it because it, it's to a point where I can't even send it to the client, right? So um, headphones, 
trust the headphones. And that's why like, you know, if, uh, if you're, if you're, if you get, go down the rabbit hole on the internet and you get lost in the insanity of people's opinions, well, this mic is better and that mic's better. You know, I've yet to meet. And if anyone out there knows someone that can listen to a voiceover and tell me what mic it was recorded on, um, I would love to meet that individual. Uh, but you know, when it comes to your headphones, the whole not music headphones and the closed back thing, um, you know, music headphones, a lot of the times will give it extra bass, right? So you're, what, what you're hearing in, you know, a, a non-studio headphone is going to be um, slightly uh, polished on certain, you know, EQ frequencies for the enjoyment of music for the most part. So when you have your, your studio headphones, this is just, here is the audio and nothing more. So it's not going to add, say, extra bass to your, vo your voice, Robin, yeah. right? I you know, and when you listen to that back, that is kind of like, you know, putting your recording under the microscope when you have it in your in, in your ears like that right it was so. great the cheap set of headphones i'm like i can hear this is you <laughs> I mean the one thing i can save money on is headphones amazing so that was well that's great. just it i mean behringer makes a decent pair of studio headphones you know for 27 bucks yeah you know you don't have to break the bank and you know it's fine yeah mixing with headphones is a big faux pas you know what I mean? You're not supposed to do, uh, that's something you're not supposed to do. You should be using, you know, reference monitors in a studio uh, or at least a somewhat treated space if you're an engineer or a mixing engineer. But, uh, um, you know, with, with the headphones, it literally is just number one comfort. Number two, uh, clean, pure audio, nothing um, manipulated frequency wise for, again, like music or enhancing your gaming experience, right? Leave that for when you are gaming or, or, or jamming the tunes. For sure. And even I love that you mentioned the garage band, the garage band, the garage band, because that was the first. Oh, my God. I'm still I'll, I'll create the other commercial demo reels. This is such a side. It's so frustrating. It's on that list. But the first version of my commercial demo reel that I use garage band for, it came out. So and you pointed out it was like very radio, very whatever. I'm like, oh, well, that's that's a shame. We're really hard on that. So it's finding the right software and then again, the mic just like have a good space. And I thought that was good because I was obsessing. Like, what mic do I get? Oh my gosh, should I change mics? I'm like, no, the mic is fine. So it's just so interesting because every, again, you go online and you're like, oh, okay, well, this person has this and they're booking. So maybe I should just copy their studio. No, <laughs> I don't have the space. I don't have the whatever budget they have Yeah. Totally. Right. And, and that's just it. I mean, it's good. Everything's going to be different for everyone, you know, and some people will say, well, I like, uh, you know, the TLM 103 because it makes my voice sound and it's like, sure, that's subjective. Uh, someone might disagree with you if they're listening to your audition on their MacBook speakers or their, um, you know, their, their, their Lenovo ThinkPad, you know, or their earbuds versus a pair of, say, like uh, um, over the ear skull candy cans. Right. You know. Um, I was going to make a joke because we mentioned Lenovo. This is sponsored by Lenovo. And <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, it's just, you know, uh, um, they are great machines. You know, there's, you can also build great machines for a fraction of the price than pre-built machines. But, you know, if that's not your thing. I love, I think one of the, like, randomly, you were, are there a bunch of people, you can make your own sound booth at home. Mm -hmm. And yes, you probably could. But I would argue when you live downtown, where am I going to store these tools? Where am I going to like do this cutting? Mm. I don't understand. So yeah, that was a side. I'm like, I love, I admire anyone that built their own thing and has the blankets. I'm like, I don't, I don't know this piping and the blanket stuff. I, yeah, I couldn't figure it out. So that was fine. 
you know, even the thought, you know, I, I thought about it myself for those individuals that, you know, are in a 750 square foot condo and couldn't, <laughs> you know, cut, cut their lumber. But the thought of upholstering something, I just want to punch myself in the face. That is so tedious to me that, you know, there's no way in hell that, you know, I could do that without losing my mind and getting angry. But you know what's you know, so sad? When people say, okay, record in your closet. I go, look, again, I don't know if anyone else lives downtown. What closet do they have that they can actually fit it? Like, I don't know. I don't know where people are living. I, <laughs> I assume not downtown or they figured out their space better than I did. Well, even, even, even with that, there's specific like frequencies and rumbles that you'll actually get in the noise floor depending on your location, right? So, uh, you know, those who are in older buildings downtown, you know, I, I find that I hear specific, uh, um, more of a rumble, not a hum, but more of a rumble versus a hum. Um, but it also changes as you uh, go up in floors, right? Um, oh, those that are on those, you know, those that are on lower floors, you know, it's interesting because, you know, the building surrounding them, you know, is still, you know, a form of insulation, right? It's still stopping any sound that's coming from blocks away, right? You got to think of it that way. So if you're on the top floor and there's nothing around you, you know, I remember, uh, one of, uh, um, um, one of the, uh, uh people that approached me about, um, advice, you know, they were living, uh, on top of Hamilton mountain. And they could actually, you know, and they were on a high, they're on like the 16th floor of their building. So there was nothing surrounding their, uh, um, their suite. And they could actually, you could actually hear um, um, some of the, you know, what added to the noise floor was, you know, the, uh, um, the uh, um, industrial area just down at the uh, QEW there, down the mountain from that, right? Because if they were on a lower floor, I said, I said you wouldn't get that because you have the surrounding buildings stopping that sound from traveling. But, you know, just like the headphones, the microphone is also like a, kind of a microscope for sound, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, and that's just it too. Like when we're talking microphones and we're talking, say, price points, um, you know, the, the, sometimes a cheaper microphone is, is, is going to be more beneficial to your location. Because if it's, you know, the, the more expensive it is, the better the quality, you know, the better it's going to pick up your sound and your voice and everything else, including any anomalies. So, mm -hmm. you know, and I've had people that were able to, you know, get an acceptable noise floor just by, say, um, um, engaging a, uh, a low-cut switch, which removed a, a rumble um, from their sound, you know? Classic low-cut switch. No idea what that means. Amen for that. Amen for that, right? But you know what I really appreciate from this discussion? It's knowing that everyone, their space is different and that there's no one-size-fits-all perfect studio because there's so many different factors. And I think it's really hard because you go and there's so many online forums of this is this is the end all be all of what you need. You go, well, no, that doesn't work and it's not working. And then, you know, maybe don't spend all my money on that. So, eh. well, exactly. Right. And, and you know, as, a, as my old man once said, you're either paying money or you're paying time. Right. Oh, I like that. So and often when you pay in time, I mean, well, let's face it, you get what you pay for. So, um, you know, and in hindsight, it's 2020, right? So, you know, it's all, it's all measure twice, cut once, right? So do your research, ask around, right? And, and then make your, make, make your own decision what's, what's best for you, right? You know, a lot of the times people don't realize that, you know, they'll, they'll have, you know, blanket fort or a, um, you know, the, the PVC piping or, you know, a, a skeleton frame with moving blankets or, uh, 
you know, producer's choice sound blankets and, you know, blankets do not, blankets will help uh, absorb reflections. Same with a thick duvet or, you know, mm-hmm. anything soft and fluffy, but, you know, they don't, they're not a sound barrier, right? You know what I mean? So they don't really, you know, keep sound out. And that's, the, I think, the biggest thing that a lot of people don't even um, think of when it comes to that, where it's like, if you turn your TV on, and it sounds the same on one side of, you know, your blanket wall as opposed to the other side, right? You know, there's not going to be that much of a difference. So people have to keep that in mind. And that's why it's like, you got to find a quiet space overall mm-hmm. and then build from there, right? If you build it, jobs will come. For a lot of people, yes. Okay. Right. I like that one. <laughs> Thank you. Again, I'm thinking of all these winners today. You're inspiring me. That's what happened. Feel the dreams. I'm going to have to uh, I, I'm gonna show my kids that one now that like uh, – now that uh, the Leafs uh, uh, choked, as they always do, and there's uh, no other sports to watch other than the Jays, you know, so that's definitely uh, one of the next movies I'll have to show them. I haven't seen that one in a while. Huh. Such a good line, though. Everyone just knows where it's from. I wonder the totally. number of people that say that line but have never actually seen the movie. Probably 10. 10 people in total. <laughs> well, it's funny. You never know because, like, you know, some, some – uh, um, some shows will, you know, spit it out. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, it's from The Simpsons. It's like, actually, no, it's not. It's, <laughs> you know, so. I, yeah, wait, oh, that's so, oh, that oddly bothers me. I wonder if the writer of Field of Dreams heard that and they go, no, excuse me, sir. It was parodied on The Simpsons. It is my line. <laughs> exactly. Bad, however you identify, yes. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because I remember, like, you know, talking to, the the movie thing comes from my parents big time. Like, uh, you know, I remember seeing Independence Day and uh, Jurassic Park Thursday night at midnight uh, up at like the Uptown or Eglinton Theater for the um, um, for the uh, late night sneak preview. And uh, so, you know, we talk about movies a lot in uh, uh, in my uh, uh, immediate family. And one of the things uh, particularly was the amount of times my old man would say to me like, Dad, Daryl, that's a remake. Yeah, Daryl, that's a remake. I'm like, this is an amazing movie. That was really great. You got to see it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a remake. You know, 1966, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, right? And it's funny because, like, it kind of, you know, I'd be like, you know, I find, like, the, origina- the originality appealing and everything else that really spoke to me. And uh, But it was also kind of cool to then, you know, look up the original film and kind of compare it and see, you know, what they did that was good and what – may have not have been so great right so i agree you know, totally it's i always expect the older movies to not be as good but the acting some of the acting is amazing i'm like oh man it doesn't matter the time frame talent is talent absolutely you know it's also interesting too i mean my kids are i mean they're young they're they're, they're nine and eleven and uh one of the, the first franchises i showed them uh, um outside of like the family friendly back to the future was was the die hard uh franchise okay <laughs> I mean, Back to the Future was phenomenal. We've seen that 600 million times because so they were my, really young. If my brother young. is still on this, he will discuss how obsessed I was with Back to the Future that my family's traumatized. That's all we would watch every weekend. <laughs> I only like the first one, some parts of the second one, third one, not my thing. But that is, I just don't know why. The concept and everything. I rewatched it a couple months ago. I'm like, it still holds up. It's phenomenal. It's- totally. Totally. I, I, I agree with you on that. And that is one thing, you know, on my deathbed, that's going to be on my list of, you know, what I'm watching as I'm going, you know, because it still speaks to me the same way every time I watch it. And again, we've watched it like 24 billion times because 
you know, kids when they're younger, they get onto something. I mean, the amount of times I've seen Toy Story and cars, holy crap, you know, it's like, you know, the thought of it. But uh, uh, Back to the Future, yeah, sure, anytime. It was like, what do you guys want to watch? Back to the Future, yeah, sure, right? Can, can do that. <laughs> that was the joke because we would do with my siblings. Okay, so what are we gonna watch? They tell the titles. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm the oldest, so Back to the Future. All right, awesome. Uh, sometimes I'd add True Lies to be fancy because Arnold's classic. That is awesome. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, Michael, right? J- Michael J. Fox is my childhood crush, Esther. I love that. I get it. He was, so you see, was you've nothing. seen Teen Wolf enough times, right? I've seen. Pardon? Teen Wolf enough times, right? I haven't. What? No. You haven't seen like Michael J. Fox surfing on top of a van, Teen Wolf? No, I haven't seen the Teen Wolf. You got to watch Teen Wolf. Well, no, I know what it is. I just, I haven't, I, no, not, well, now I feel like I've missed out on a huge part of history and uh, no, doing so well. As a Michael J. Fox fan, check it out. I I like Michael J. in certain things. And I always joke uh, because, well, my husband is Michael J. uh, Different last name. That's awesome. That that I realized that after we got married, I'm like, that's creepy. But also, (laughs) uh, although was that an overshare? No, I don't think so. I'm trying not to share too much personal information on these things. And then I overshare. Uh, It is what it is. Here's my social insurance. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You can find me at this address. (laughs) Well, you know, it's 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 funny in regard to uh, with the whole like, uh, you know, the older movies, because when I showed them Die Hard, I started backwards. I started with the most recent really? one with the Ooh. most, you know, and it's, and it's funny too, because also what I, what I did to, well, when, from my perspective, I mean, listen, one of my favorite movies, The Longest Day, right? Black and white, my old man, to me, The Longest Day is not just a great movie as a movie, but it's a childhood memory of my old man asleep on the couch on a Sunday afternoon. And The Longest Day was on, you know, some sort of black and white war, uh, war movie was always happening, right? And uh, uh, back when we used to have VCRs and, and, and DVD Classic. players, particularly VCRs, you know, if you remove the converter from his hand when you were sleeping, you'd wake up, oh, I was watching that. I was resting my eyes, right? And you're like, shit, now, now I'm not going to get the TV, right? So we would have to, like, swap out the converter with the VCR converter in his hand, and he wouldn't wake up. So, like, uh, uh, you know, so <laughs> from, from my perspective on that, it was like, if I show these kids, like the first, you know, in, 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 in its order, they might be like, dad, what's this old thing? You know what I mean? So I showed it to them backwards. Right. And also when it comes to, uh, uh franchises, the storyline always sucks as it goes along. So you have to make up with, uh, make up for it with more explosions and actions, et cetera. Right. So, I mean, and that's just it, you know, if they're, what, where they're driving through Russia and they're, you know, driving a, a dump trucks off bridges and crazy stuff like that. And, you know, of course, like, whoa, whoa, lots of screaming going on because it was, you know, very uh, um, unexpected. They loved the, uh, the last one, but they also loved the first and the third one just as much. And it's funny because, like, I mean, the second one sucked because it sucked. I mean, may I, do I need to say any more? No, it just sucked. That was the, the first one the, is the classic. Totally, right? And that one, that's, that was the one I was most worried about because it's more dialogue, right? And it's like, you know, are these kids going to – like, my kids, like, they love Christopher Nolan movies. They love to be mind-boggled, right? So um, – and it's funny because, you know, we've watched uh, – you know, I have to show them Tenant again for – the second time oh, I saw it in yeah. theaters, I saw it for a second time and I'm going to see it again for a third time just because there's sure there's some things that I've missed. Uh, but you know, it is one of those things too, where, uh, you know, 
how much attention are they actually going to uh, hold while these things are going on, right? So, um, so it's funny because uh, the last time we saw Tenet, we were watching Tenet. Great. Hey, let's make it a, a double header. Let's watch another movie. And like the next, it was, it was like yesterday or something. You know, what I mean? so it's such, oh, a, that one. such a 180 from, you know, here's, here's, a, here's the fun, oh silly. And it's funny because I spent How most of that. How was that? How was yesterday? Uh, it was great if you weren't watching it. Uh, okay. yeah, yeah. I, spent, I, like... I, I spent most of it on my phone. Yeah. Right. I mean, my kids loved it. They were laughing. But half the time I was like, you know, just for good measure, guys, this is why there's no such thing as yesterday. Like, because the house is like almost on fire. This is why there's never going to be a yes day, right? Just making sure they, they, they know that, right? But it was it's fun. So, it was a fun little flip. So, because that was Jennifer Gardner, right? Yeah. And it's just so weird because I know her as alias and whatever other superhero kind of character she played, or even 13 going on 30. She's adorable. I'm like, oh, she's a mom now. This is so weird. I don't know. In my head, I'm like, well, as, if they're getting older, then I'm getting older. And I don't know if I like this. But yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, like one of the last conversations I had with my mother, she was talking about like, I feel as though, like all of her friends or people she's known who've kicked the bucket over like the last six months. And it's like, you know, she's, uh, um, uh, I think she'll be uh, 68 this year, right? And I'm like, you know, mom, you spend an hour on Sundays filling your weekly pill container. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're at that age, right? You know, even myself, like I just turned 38 this year. And, uh, you know, I've, you know, I've had friends that have died and it's like oh. 10 years ago, you're like, you know, you're invincible, you know, in your twenties, whatever, but you know, you get to a certain age and then you realize like, you know, sometimes life or the end of life, uh, catches up with you. Right. So, um, we're getting dark. Woo. I wouldn't say Nothing it's like dark. keeping it's like, it light. No, it's, 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 it's okay. a fact of life. And, and you know, it's funny. I tell my kids how much I'm going to haunt them when I kick the bucket. <laughs> you know oh, what I mean? Like, I can see you, you being know? a ghost hundred <laughs> percent. Totally. Right. And I just said, you know, I'll be there kicking around. Just don't, I said, just, just, just don't let it mess you up. Just don't let it mess you up in the head. Everything will be fun. Right. So, yes. but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's life is an interesting journey. I think, you know what? It's weird when I see, I'm, I was a big fan of the combination of Michael Douglas, Kathleen Turner, War of the Roses, Jewel of the Nile, all that jazz. Mm -hmm. Not Jewel of the Nile, the first one. What was it called? Romancing the Stone. That was way better. Okay, yeah. And I just thought they had such great chemistry. And I'm watching the Kaminsky Method, and they're older, mm -hmm. like a lot older. And it's just so weird because the acting's still there. But I just, my, my childhood, I mean, oh, I didn't watch them in childhood, mid-child, whatever age. And... It's just, I can't, I can't in my head, I cannot conceptualize that it's the same people. I can't because I have a vision of what Michael Douglas was and Kathleen Turner was. I'm like, okay, no, I understand they're older. I understand. I respect that. Uh, mm. But can we, can they not be? Because I just, there's certain, like just, I don't know. I really, they, they were so good on screen together. And I'm like, it, it is, it's still there, but is it? I don't know. Uh, thoughts. Okay. Well, you know, there's that saying, never meet your heroes, right? That's just like an example. It's all relative perspective. I watched, uh, I showed my kids uh, Little Monsters with Fred Savage and uh, uh, Howie Mandel, right. right? That was awesome when I was a kid. And when I watched it again with my kids, I was like, oh, this isn't as great in my head, right? And again, all relative perspective. My kids loved it. I mean, Monsters Under Your Bed, you know, such a, a theme. And actually, it's funny because I want to say way back then, I actually had uh, one of those uh, My Pet Monster stuffed animals, right? So... I kind of went through like that monster face. And uh, so I'm sure that's why, again, I loved, loved the film, right? But, uh, um, but yeah, again, I was sitting there thinking like, oh my God, 
I've, I watched this like three times when I was a child. What a waste of life, right? Now that I'm older, right? So, you know. It's hard revisit. You say that. And then I will, I think I've said this multiple times on my chats. Uh, Animaniacs is still my favorite cartoon. It is holding up and I love mm -hmm. it. It's I'm an awesome they brought it back. It it's needed awesome to be brought back. And I think oh, it's totally. the same people voicing it. And I love that so much. Totally, right? You know, and well, it's also funny too, because even like The Simpsons, like, my kids are watching The Simpsons all the time now. And, uh, you know, it's available at our fingertips. It's funny because when I was younger, you know, being born in the 80s, you know, when a cartoon came on at prime time, you know, my parents were like, this is a cartoon, right? So it must be for kids. And it was like, yeah, sure, you can stay up on the Thursday night it was on, right, to watch. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, now that I'm older, I'm like, this is like, this is adult content, right? You know what I mean? They had no idea. They just, you know, knew it appeased us. And there's a saying, never bribe your kids. Don't ever listen to that because that's that that's a little crap. Bribe your kids as much as you can. Take every win you can get, right? Um, so you know the Thursday nights we'd stay up late to watch The Simpsons on primetime, and you know you know explaining to my kids why I think it is still like one of the best shows in in, in history, right? And the things that uh, um, how it's evolved, right? Is is yeah. is because they constantly talk about like you know they're he's still ten years old, he, you know, she's still ten years old, right? You know what I mean, like. For, yeah, yeah, guys, for like 30, how many years? <laughs> you know, that age, right? It's it's kind of comical, right? But, yeah, Nancy Cartwright will never age as Bart. I love totally. that master class. That was great. Yeah, I, I enjoyed love, that. I love learning from everyone. Uh, I don't know. I just, it's just so fascinating, too, even the whole eat my shorts, how she came up with those phrases. And it's just learning all those little, I love the behind the scenes stuff. Oh, totally, totally, right? As part of this, like the behind the scenes, what are they listening to? What's going on in Daryl's head? Oh. He's just very particular. Yeah. <laughs> There's a hamster on the wheel when it's not sleeping. That's about it. That's, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Thanks. No, I mean, but it's not a bad thing per se. I, I don't know. I always have things going on in my head. We just, uh, it's creativity that's always there and always needs to. Absolutely. You know, I do a lot of pacing. I do a lot of thinking. I talk to myself out loud quite a bit. Um, you know, just even when you argue with yourself, right? I mean, then you well, lose, my best, you're stuck my best yourself. Advice, okay. My best advice for that is don't do it in front of the mirror, right? Because then you'll end up, you know, then, then it gets worse, right? But, but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, when it comes to the creative thing, you just got to do what you got to do. And that was even the smoking thing, right? Like the smoking thing, I would literally break up my days and, you know, okay, I'll get if I was working on something creative, whether we were cutting a record or um, if I was like uh, producing a voiceover reel or a sound design project came in for uh, freelance engineering, um, you know, I would kind of do X amount of work and this is when I could take a break. And I'd go out and sometimes I'd have two or three cigarettes and I would just be pacing up and down, uh, uh, um, you know, the driveway or even the sidewalk and in my head, just going through everything that I was going to do next or any ideas that I had to process and kind of put somewhere and then get to whenever I get to it, right? So. I have such a weird theory that when you're smoking, I mean, it's breathing in, right? And I wonder if people that are smokers, are they the best meditators? Because they take their time, they have their space, this is my time to do my thing. And I just, I, I don't know, it's, it's a thought I've always had. I'm like, do, are they just in, this is my time, no one can disturb me, and I go back to life. I well, that, you know, that's just it. I mean, like I booked, uh, I booked our tour um, by myself for the most part. And half of that was done literally like over the course of a few days on my smoke breaks, I would just write down, okay, you know, this is, 
it was, it was, you know, something to do while I was smoking, right? And so I'm like, if I didn't take those breaks and have that time set aside to focus on getting that done and doing that thing, would it have happened, right? So, I mean, whether you do that or whether, you know, even right now, like I found my, I find myself, you know, I'm not climatized outside because I'm never outside anymore, right? So I've even now thought to myself, maybe you should, you know, take like every two hours, just make sure you go stand out there for five, 10 minutes, kind of get back into that routine, right? But mm -hmm. then, you know, obviously I'm not going to be uh, 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 puffing on a cigarette, but, you know, I can't be out there with my pen and, and, and um, my pen. Would, and you do, would you do the right? fake thing? Just like chew on a pen or I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm uh, not trying to be rude. I'm just curious. No, no, no. The actual, you know, that like I need something in my hands. Robin, it's, it's, for me, it's okay. all of it. It's okay. all of it. You know what I mean? Um, I joke around sometimes and, you know, I make sure I do the exhale out of the nose as well. You know what I mean? So it's, it's all of it across the board. Um, sometimes, though. Uh, it's beneficial when I do step outside because someone could be smoking on the street and I catch a whiff of it. It's like, yeah, that's cool. That's great. That's all I need. Right. You know, but, but for me, again, it's just, uh, it would just be a time to put my thoughts down, put my next steps and uh, um, um, help it apply to, you know, my, uh, my creative approach on things like it did in the past before I stopped doing so. Right? I'm, yeah. I see. And that's interesting. Cause I'm very, I was very serious when I think that people, they, they take that time. And it's so mm -hmm. hard for people to commit to that time. So when you have something that kind of forces you to take every couple hours, you have to, you know, yeah. smoke or go well, Totally, right. You have to kind of, you know, st you know you'll step away. But the, the, the interesting thing about that, and, uh, you know, I, I was never really one to say, like, oh, I need to calm down. Because, I mean, it only increases your heart rate, right? You know what I mean? You're poisoning your blood, really, right, via the lungs. So, uh, but yes, there is that mental thing, right? Are we encouraging so. people to smoke now? Is this what this is happening? I apologize if that's what's, like, did I just Unless, unless you want to go bankrupt. Let's face it, unless you want to go bankrupt, because I mean, I want to save like around 20 bucks a pack or a little short of that, you know? One, yeah, that's crazy. Insane, right? You know, so, you know, to kill yourself, that's a, it's quite the, uh, it's quite the cost. So yeah, you got to, uh, I mean, invest in yourself. There you go. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, in regards to like, you know, even the meditation thing, I, uh, I don't think so in particular, right? Because, you know, you need to kind of be grounded. You need to be mm. calm, right? Mm -hmm. For the mental thing, it's just like, you know, sure, the fix, I don't think uh, that, that, that is necessary. But, like, you know, also I grew up listening to uh, uh, a lot of talk radio, right? So back then you could hear them taking their drags and exhaling, right, on microphone, right, you know. So, you know, between That's that dramatic. and, you know, my mom smoking through, you know, me and all three of my siblings um, and uh, we're a disaster. That'd be a walking PSA, really. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, I'm sure I had like... You should some, voice uh... it. <laughs> Thanks. You should. I, there you go. Voice your little PSA. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's some things there that, that, that tied to the comfort. But, you know, it was a talk radio, guys. And, and that's what really had voice, you know, when, when voice really appealed to me, you know, before I even fell into the business, right? I mean, well, yeah, you were an actor, right, for a bit, if I'm not mistaken. You no. did. Oh, I thought you tried to do acting. Okay. No, I, I mean, if, if anything, you can call me a hacker. Uh, you, you know, I did. I did land. Uh, uh, you know, I, I did. A, I did a couple of commercials, and you know, I have lent my voice to some projects by request. And uh, That's you know, acting. I did. Okay, yeah, there you go. Right? But it wasn't you did like something. Real, okay. It wasn't like you know the the real thing. A lot of it was. Um, a lot of it was to kind of literally feel the um, experience from being on 
that side with a producer, with real clients, you know, doing it on your own. Hey, I can lay down a couple of reads. Yeah, sure. That's great. If it's just me doing that, when I have a client that's asking for something, I want it to kind of grasp like what it was actually like, you know? So mm-hmm. in voiceover, um, I did go on to a, a, a website, paid my $390 us for the year. Um, I was able to, uh, uh, make a good chunk back, um, voicing uh, a couple of things. And it was again, just for that experience. And, um, you know, the behind the cam, uh, sorry, uh, in front of the camera thing, um, they, uh, I, when I was working at the agency, they were asking for a specific look. They're like, this is Daryl to the T. And they asked it if I had any interest in going up for it. I was like, sure. I mean, I was 17 years old at the time. And so when I did my first uh, uh, commercial, I, I was just a kid and it was awesome. But it's funny because I actually learned about how, you know, when you're shooting something, it's 90% waiting. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, and I'm sitting there thinking, and it was in, on top of that, they, you know, it was a commercial for a Kentucky Fried Chicken, and they kept giving me shit because I was eating a snack wrap <laughs> throughout the shoot, right? Only for at the end of the day, you know, they came out, they had a truck that was making them and handed them out to everyone. And I was like, um, I'm a little over this. <laughs> right? But I mean, hey, whatever. Do you but, still have the commercial? Um, I do actually. Actually, I think it might actually even be on my Facebook. Oh, that's fun. So, I, I don't um, know if I did a deep down. dive on that. Okay. And uh, um, um, I'll... Uh, I think that should be I'll reshared. Uh, back yeah, in I'll, your glory I'll, days I'll, of I'll being an actor. It. It, well, here's the funny thing. I had so many of my classmates being like, Daryl, I've seen that commercial. It's always on. It's always on. I never saw it on the air. I hate when that Ever, happens. Right? When people go, Robin, I see you. I'm like, where? What channel? I'm on the channels. How are you seeing me? Why do I not get the same cable as you? I don't understand. I know it could be a different channel, but I'm like, isn't CNN CNN? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny, you know, and then uh, another, sh- another, another one I did was like a, a spec commercial for like uh, uh, Rogers Yahoo. And uh, it was, uh, uh, it was for a, a friend of mine uh, who was an actor and uh, he was directing it. And uh, it, the epitome of bad acting is that spot. Okay. And even to the point they're like, Joe, we just need people. You have like friends that are interested. Like they, they weren't looking for like real actors. Again, it was just a spec thing that was like, you know, and for a bunch of kids, because at that time, I think I was in my early 20s. And it was like, yeah, sure. My girlfriend at the time, my neighbor across the street, um, one of the guys that played in my band, you know, and uh, my sister actually like posted it, being like, you know, here's a little gem for you. And that's when I was, and I just responded, I texted her. I was just like, jerk. <laughs> You know, but I mean, it was really, 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 really bad and uh, uh, campy. So, but that's the know. thing. That's why you are an actor. You've had the bad commercial. Everyone <laughs> needs the bad commercial. And <laughs> you go, dear God. Yes, I remember that. Uh, thank you for finding it from the archives. Well, yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, it's it's experience and it was fun and eh, it is what it is. As as you get older and you give less shits, you know. I, it's it's really come to me that you know what other people think of me is none of my business, right? Ultimately, that's you know that has helped my security, um, but uh, well, without you know getting too, uh, I don't know. Sometimes, uh, sometimes the girlfriend likes to uh, uh, express that uh, express I'm arrogant when actually I'm like, no, actually I wasn't even listening to you. I was watching TV. You know what I mean? So it's kind of comical in that sense. But, but no, I started, when I started in the business, I was uh, 16 years old. I think it was grade 10. I remember going to like uh, the guidance counselor and I think I was, I was trying to skip, I was trying to skip science, right? So we'd make uh, appointments in high school 
um, at the guidance counselor for the classes we didn't want to be in. And uh, I just talked, you know, I played in the band. Um, you know, I also played competitive hockey, uh, but, you know, I was on skates since the age of two. So it was more like a chore. And uh, I did break my old man's heart at the age of 17 that I didn't want to play anymore. But I made that decision at the age of 15 and let him shell out thousands of dollars for, uh, you know, double A AA and triple A uh, GTHL, you know, only to drop that on him at a, at a certain time. AAA, but, uh, good for you. No, it was fun. I mean, I don't know. It's uh, uh, now more than ever because there's not that pressure. Again, it was like a chore for me. I used to get into a fight every game just so I'd get kicked out because I didn't want to play, you know? My mom was cheese because, again, it was thousands of dollars, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, so, you know, I, I, I decided, okay, I'll do high school co-op in a recording studio so that I can score maybe some free recording time for my band. My parents raised me with a really good work ethic, so I busted my ass, and I was always there for the hours everyone else was there. There was a couple other co-op students that were there, but they would always peace out at 3 o'clock because, like, school's over, right? And I'm like, well, the workday's not over, and – Here's the thing, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gaining priceless experience, you know. Mm-hmm. When I bought my first guitar, you know, uh, again, the hockey thing, if I broke a stick, no problem, Daryl, get you a new stick. If, I, my, if the chassis on my skate busted, no problem, dad would run up to, you know, uh, um, um, just hockey up at, uh, uh, at Don Mills in, in, in Lawrence there. New skates, no problem. But it was like, I got a, an acoustic guitar when I was in grade six, and that was awesome. So then I wanted an electric guitar, and the response was, we'll get a job. Okay. Right. But, but again, like that, you know, I break these, you know, I used to have like a, a composite blade on my aluminum stick that would retail for $89. I'd break that. No problem. And run out and replace it. Right. Um, so I actually, I worked at Maple Leaf Gardens over the Christmas holidays in grade eight. Okay. And uh, I uh, got enough money to then go to the pawn shop and buy myself a nice little Fender Squire and, uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, that was awesome. And it was like, you know, playing in a band. All right, I'll bust my ass and I will get a, 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 maybe some free recording time because of you know, how much of a keener I'm going to be, you know, working with these guys and, and, and really push. And we ended up cutting a couple records, actually, um, from that. And, uh, yeah, a lot of them thought I was crazy because, again, I was there more than I needed to. And I really took the initiative. Again, this is just how I was raised. And mm-hmm. uh, that's how I scored the job, uh, uh, my first job at Edna Talent Management. Uh, when I was 17, you know, their, their, their engineer and booth director was going on vacation. And uh, I stepped in for the two weeks there because, you know, there was word on the street of this, you know, this kid that was, uh, um, that was really pushing it when it came to work ethic, et cetera. And uh, yeah. So, you. <laughs> yep. And so and, and, and that was awesome. It was funny because like, it was my first ever big, like full-time paycheck, right? Good money paycheck. And I went down to Long and McQuaid to buy a pack of strings for that acoustic guitar. And two and a half hours later, I walked out with a a $650 Epiphone Explorer. (laughs) So I was like, paycheck gone, right? Young and dumb for a reason. But but that's how I ended up, uh, um, um, uh, you know, falling into voiceover. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't know exactly the scope of, you know, how serious all of these projects were and the legitimacy were. I mean, I was just some... 17 year old kid and you know it was like oh this is a whatever commercial so being exposed to the commercials that i had been i would just you know direct how i felt and you know they they liked me and then they end up taking me on you know full time so um so yeah so that's that that's how i initially started in the business i did have the pleasure of um 
doing some like uh, kind of loop group and, and uh, uh, Foley work when I worked at uh, Deschamps, uh, you know, we were doing a, uh, we were cutting all the, uh, cutting the boards for like the new, I think it was either satellite or cable packages that had your action channel that had your romance channel, um, all of those things. Right. And uh, one of the first things I did was I, I, I blew my voice in a 45 minute session of voicing a guy who was flying off of his motorcycle and pulling guns out of his holsters and shooting as he was flying over his motorcycle into the next, uh, you know, into the, uh, the segment from action channel to like horror channel or whatever. But I was screaming that, and that, you know, shooting the guns. And, you know, here I am like, you know, 16, 17 years old. It was kind of comical. I mean, you can do that with your voice at that age. No one knows how old you are when you're behind the mic. Well, totally. Right. And you know, it's funny because even like you know, growth spurt, I've, I've looked like this since grade eight. I had my growth spurt in grade six. So when I uh, actually, when I would go on hockey tournaments, every tournament, usually across the border, they would always ask for my birth certificate because they never believed I was the age that I was. Right. So, which I mean, in grade eight, I played in a jazz band and I had a bit of a complex about it because I played in a jazz band and because I was, you know, uh, I, I was more developed than ever, everyone else. I had to slug the, the uh, heavy amps and speakers and, you know, there was a complex, you know, as you walk by classes, like people are probably thinking like, who's just like 16 year old still in grade eight? <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> it was kind of funny. I, it's good, good and bad, right? I, I totally, you know, well, you know, my daughter, she, uh, um, she's, well, she, she just hit five, five. She's grown two inches in the last six months. She's 11 years old. She's hit five, five. She's still growing. Right. Um, I feel her. She loves it. I mean, I'm glad she does. Look, being, I, someone brought this up to me in a previous chat. I was a very tall child. So mm -hmm. you get the punishment of being in the back for the school photos. I kind of, no, you're too tall, you know? And then it's always, you just look like, I look at old photos and I look like everyone's mom just because of the height. And it's just the height. I got glasses. I didn't know what kind of glasses were. I'm like, I look like I am the mother of these short high school children. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it was it. interesting. It was uh, shockingly not castable. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. You know, my, my old man is, uh, he's six foot four. My mom's five foot three. Um, and well, even at his age, it's still that. I've, I've, I've actually, I've, I've shrank an inch. Right. Since I've last measured myself, which is kind of comical. And I'm like, okay, well, you got to stand up. You got to do your every two hour walk. There you go. Yes. Yes. Thank you. No, I, I, I'm pressing I, the spine I, every now and then I throw in some physio. It's free. Well, I was, was, was going to say, you know, so making a, an appointment with my chiropractor friend, cause I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess now it's time for me to bring myself to him and start like, uh, uh, see what the hell is going on here before I shrink even more. Right. But, uh, but Next yeah, time I, mean, I see like, you're going to be like, well, five something. <laughs> Possibly. Oh. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and it's bad enough. I'm, 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 I'm the shortest of, of uh, uh, my two brothers. So, you know, but I mean, I don't, I don't let that get to me. Right. It's all, it's all what's in here. It's all what's in here. <laughs> I was making sure I'm like, was that, that was the left side. Cool. Good. Okay. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Daryl, I know we only blocked off an hour and I say only. Oh yeah. I, what time you is give it? Me, it is, we're coming close to the end and I, I feel cool. like you're very busy. So, I like to say final words because it seems so inappropriate and morbid, but is there any final thoughts you'd like to leave the viewers with? I know I put you on the, put you on the spot. Okay. Okay. No, let's, uh, let's change it to, uh, no, no final thought. Just another thought that we should end on. There you go. Not final changing the words, changing the instruction. 
jhcasting.com slash Zoom classes, and that's where you can find yes. your time to sign up with me. That's actually right? a really great point. I think I just saw them advertise you're doing a couple new classes. So, yes, yeah. let's do I'll do the tagging and the plugging. Daryl's a pretty yeah. cool guy, as you can tell. Very passionate, knows his stuff, and we learned some fun stuff about him today. So there you go. Thanks. Always happy to share. Mm -hmm. Hope I didn't overshare. <laughs> no, that's the thing. I'm like, yeah, you're pretty good. I don't think this is an overshare. I, I feel like you've overshared more. I think you held back on us. So there's a lot of oh, sharing. That for sure. You know, when, it, you know, when it's in, in a small group, right? When everyone's comfortable. But, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. That's fine. I, think I, only swore, I only swore like four times, too. I don't even think it was that much. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> but, Daryl, thank you so much awesome. for doing this. I will try thank and you. promote accordingly. Um, awesome. You're awesome. Thank you, Robin. I, Appreciate I also it realized I should now take more classes with you. I'm like, dear God, commercials. Uh, but yes, enjoy the rest of your day. It is Thanks. sunny. I don't know how to end these. So we do like an awkward bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you very much, Robin. Oh, yes. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Bye. Thanks. Take care.